This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn, alongside Glenn West. No, we are not talking about coaching changes. We are not talking about football personnel. It's officially baseball season, and, uh, man, we're here getting ready to kick off what should be a fun 2024 season. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate you there as well. You can follow, subscribe to that feed there, too. Glenn? Man, it, the time has finally come. Uh, we we kind of go back in time there for a little bit, and you were just slaving away, working those hard, long hours uh, over there in Omaha. And, uh, I mean, I know that was grueling for you. No no enjoyment whatsoever no. Uh, that you had to do that. But uh, now we fast forward to 2024, a brand-new season, new faces, uh, some, some returning faces. But, man, it feels good to uh, get that first presser out of the way. We had scrimmages this past weekend, more to come. Man, just your thoughts on the fact that baseball season is uh, just three weeks away. Yeah, that, that first baseball presser where they kind of really opened the floodgates with Jay Johnson and a lot of the players that we get to talk to, that that really kind of is the start for me when I start to ramp things up and kind of shift focus to baseball. I mean, the football recruiting and keeping up with the Tigers on the football uh, field is, is always going to be a 24-7 grind, but it's nice to have the, the, the baseball beat at this time of year. Um, you know, obviously the, the way that LSU's uh, perform these last couple of years gives you a lot of excitement for the future and I think the way that they've assembled this team you know it's it's a little bit different you know this is really the first mm-hmm. year uh, where Jay Johnson has kind of assembled his entire core I mean like this is this is a full Jay Johnson team you know there's no more Dylan Cruz and uh, Trey Morgan and uh, you know a couple of these guys Ty Floyd you know, Jake Gavin Dugas Kate Beloso some of the the core that you had really been relying on these first couple of years those guys are all gone now. And so you really get a chance to see, I think what a full uh, Jay Johnson team put together looks like. I think that they've done a nice job of hitting some portal needs this off season. And um, you know, they, they've, they've, they've seen the kind of development I think they want to get from some of these younger guys who are kind of their time now to step up in the program. So I think you're, you're really in a good spot here if you're LSU and 
the pitching staff we can talk a little bit more about, but uh, I think that's going to be kind of your bread and butter, your strength of this team. Um, You were out there on Sunday and I'm sure you saw quite a bit with, with what this staff could potentially be. And then, Mixing in some good uh, you know, position players as well, some guys that are veterans from the transfer portal like Michael Braswell, Mac Bingham, but also having some really exciting young talent that you're really hoping takes that next step in Jared Jones, Paxton Kling, Brady Neal, um, Ethan Fry, Jake Brown. Uh, there, there's really just a long list of guys here that I think LSU feels really, really good about uh, that, that could potentially help get this team back. Uh, to, to position itself to Omaha, but uh, it's going to be a grueling long year. They, they've got a really tough schedule this year as well, uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they navigate it. But just overall thoughts, I think it's going to be a fun year. It should be a little bit different maybe than last year. You know, you don't have the... the... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE overbearing uh, expectations on this team like he did with last year. And for, 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 for that team last year to kind of fulfill all those expectations, I mean, that's rarely seen in college sports where you have a team that is so highly regarded uh, and then goes on to win it as well. So like there's, there's a lot of things you can take away from last year's team in terms of messaging and how you want to approach this year. But uh, also, this is a new entity. This is a new team. And I think that Jay Johnson and these players understand that. And they're, they're ready to get the ball rolling here on February 16th. Uh, we obviously are as well. Uh, to get to, to get to see this team in action, which, Glenn, I mean, we, we let's start here. We'll go kind of roster construction. And then we could take a look at some positions as well and, and some cool stories. Uh, and, yes, that includes Josh Pearson playing second base. We can talk about that as well. Um, the roster construction. You mentioned that this was a team, and, and I wanted to hit on this because as I was kind of you know going through, going back and listening to some of the audio, I want to give credit where credit's due. 2023 was an unbelievable year. But I do believe that in terms of managing a game for Jay Johnson, like you didn't want to run yourself out of an inning by playing small ball because you knew what you had like as a lineup. This year, I think that we're, we potentially get to see the – 
uh, Jay Johnson pushed the creative abilities of what he can do with this roster because you don't have a Dylan Cruz, a Trey Morgan, a Cade Beloso surrounding a Tommy White. You still have some really, really good bats there and some impactful bats. But I think that like we're going to get to see more of you know, why Jay Johnson's paid the big bucks and why Jay Johnson is probably one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in college baseball. You kind of get to see him go to work with a team that, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going, Glenn, let's just be honest. I don't know if they're going to hit 144 homers like they did last year. I mean, that was absolutely ridiculous, but I don't know. I mean, just kind of your thoughts as we start with the top Jay Johnson, I think this is going to be allow him to kind of, um, you know, not that he didn't do a great job in 2023. It's not what we're saying here, but more just kind of dig into his bag of what makes him a great coach and a great manager. Yeah, I think Jay Johnson's really excited about this year for for that reason. Um, they, they they have, like you said, they have some really good bats. I mean, I think that they've seen uh, some development from even guys like Hayden Travinsky that leads you to yeah. believe that they can kind of protect guys like Tommy White. And, you know, I was writing this piece that's really already up on our site, and I'm sure a lot of people will see it by the time mm-hmm. uh, this is being, uh, you know, broadcast. But uh, I, I do think that there's there's going to be some questions here about how do teams kind of pitch around this lineup. And, um, and I, I think that Tommy White's going to be right at the center of it in terms of uh, how do they think that they can kind of get around him i mean he's coming back as one of the elite elite college hitters he last year he separated his shoulder 20 times and he still had led the ncaa and rbis and had over 20 home runs and uh really did not make a whole ton of glaring mistakes at third base either like he was really really good and now he's coming back and he's extremely healthy and uh i think that certainly should spell some worry in, in some of the opponents that lsu will be facing this year but I think there's also the probably the line of thinking from a lot of these teams LSU plays that they might be able to pitch around Tommy White to some degree because yeah. he doesn't have a Dylan Cruz safety valve there um, in terms of just the elite elite caliber player that Cruz was last year. But I, I think that there's some avenues that can go down. I think when you look at it, uh, Travinsky is a guy that I think could be a really good bat to throw around Tommy White. You, know, you look at uh, Braswell is probably one of their more consistent hitters in the fall. Uh, maybe you stick him in that number two slot and then White at that number three slot. Uh, I was just kind of toying with the batting order uh, for, from earlier, from, from, from what I could see as a potential order earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had, I think I had Travinsky right there behind Tommy White, just kind of a veteran bat. Uh, that you know you're going to get a good at that. You know, and, and and so maybe that, that kind of helps uh, with teams that might want to pitch around Tommy. But um, And then Jared Jones, I think, is another guy. Like, if Jared Jones hits the way that many believe he can and show that consistency week in and week out, uh, he could be one of the best uh, power hitters in the entire country, not just in the SEC. I mean, he's got yeah. 20-plus home runs, 70-plus RBI potential, uh, if he's able to kind of cut out the strikeouts, uh, you know, cut down on the strikeouts, I should say, um, and and just kind of you know be be that power hitter that I think LSU really needs him to be in this lineup. I mean, they have a couple power hitters, obviously with Tommy White and with with Travinsky, but uh, Jared Jones, I think, is the guy that you really want to see to kind of take that next step as a power hitter and a guy that can really move this offense and get him get him a lot of runs uh, in a very short amount of time. So. Uh, just, I think that that to me is going to be really interesting to see how they kind of line up the order. We know Jay Johnson loves his left-handed batters. So I was trying to figure out a way to squeeze in four or five lefties. <laughs> I think I got to four, uh, with Brady Neal at catcher. Um, yeah. but 
Malazzo is going to play a lot too. And he's going to be a, a guy that took real strides at catcher last year, not only behind the plate, but as a hitter as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see kind of what Jay ultimately decides to settle in on. And I think you'll see that in the non-conference where LSU will really be able to get a good chance to, to see what, what they have with a lot of these guys rotate a lot of different lineups and orders and uh, just see what kind of is the best fit. And so there's, there's a lot of different options open there. And, and I think that's what really is exciting for Jay Johnson as he heads into year three here is just being able to toy with this lineup and uh, have a lot of different options that are available to him. Yeah. You're going to have about a month when you go from opening day um, against VMI uh, at uh, at Alex Box until you roll into Starkville on March the fifteenth for that first uh, first SEC weekend series, and I looked I'm looking at your batting order here, and you talked about that that you know um, just the balance that Jay Johnson likes to have. I mean, you think about the lefties that are gone. Trey Morgan, one of the best bat to ball contact guys we've seen at LSU in a very very long time. Uh, Braden Joe Bear is another one of those guys, a power bat from the left-handed side that we saw. And then, obviously, you bring back Pearson, which I uh, posted in our thread, you know, just kind of getting a feel. Like, I think if this LSU offense is going to really, really be something special, yes, we know the name's Tommy White, but you have to have those uh, auxiliary pieces. I think that Josh Pearson, like if he is just consistently making great contact, uh, it doesn't have to be hitting, you know, 20, 25 home runs, but, you know, being that gap to gap guy, that is going to pay off dividends and, and, you know, just for what you want as offense. And then I also kind of throw this one here. There is a reason to be excited about Jake Brown. Uh, I, I watched about four or five at bats from this kid on Sunday afternoon and in just not favorable conditions. If you play baseball, you know, no one likes to hit when it's like 40 degrees and windy outside. That's pretty much the conditions they had all weekend. And, man, Jake Brown was putting some really, really good swings on on the ball as well. So I think that they have that balance there. But like you said, it's just kind of growing and maturing into, you know, creating it uh, to where they had a lot of veterans last year. They were able to do that. Now it's maybe some more younger guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I stuck Jake Brown in like the eighth spot. Um, mm-hmm. But he was a name that I was seriously considering sticking behind Tommy White, uh, like as a, as a kind of the safety net valve for Tommy. Uh, because I do think that there's a lot there for LSU to be ex- really excited about for, in, in this freshman hitter. He's going back to the fall. I thought he was one of those guys that maybe kind of had a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a kind of welcoming to freshman moments there. You know, he was just kind of, uh, I don't want to say going through the motions, but he was uh, just, just trying to pick things up, I think, a little bit. And towards the end of fall, I don't know that there was a better – hitter uh maybe shy of Michael Braswell than than Jake Brown I mean he was very consistent for LSU you can see why L- uh, Jay Johnson was sticking him in the outfield so much he's got he's a great mm-hmm. athlete a uh, guy that I think could also slide in and help out at first base if uh, you ever want to make a change there or just kind of what whatever happens you know I think for for, for LSU to kind of have that versatility and that was something that I asked Jay Johnson about uh, asked a couple of the players about was just the positional versatility that I think is on this roster will yeah. really be able to help this team uh, because there are so many unknowns going into this year. Like you don't go in knowing that Dylan Cruz is going to be that everyday starter in center field. I mean, you, 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 you hope he, you hope Paxton Clink can be that you hope that Mac Bingham can be that if, if, if that's the route they want to go. But um, I think there's some unsettled positions here as we look at it, you know, two and a half weeks out. And so having guys like, Malazzo, like 
uh, I'm sorry, not Malazzo, Brady Neal, like Travinsky, yeah. who's been playing first base and catcher and designated hitter, like uh, Jake Brown is playing first base and outfield, Josh Pearson playing second base and outfield. Like there's a lot of guys I think you can move around in this lineup uh, that make a lot of sense to, uh, to, to, to give you the best chance of winning. And I think that's, that's really what I think Jay Johnson's excited about what, you know, just kind of the versatility that they can have on the position side. And look, we haven't even talked about the pitchers yet, but we will we'll certainly get into that. But uh, I think the, the versatility you have on the pitching staff as well with, with a lot of these arms, you know, they have, I believe I counted it up in the fall, eight or nine left-handers. That, that could really, really be something uh, for, 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 for Jay Johnson and for Nate Yeski, uh, the new pitching coach to work with. Like there's, there's a lot of positional versatility, I think, in terms of how you use guys, what roles they're in. Uh, and as we saw last year, like the roles that you have opening day, very rarely are the ones that you have at the end of the season. And so – kind of figuring that out along the way during non-conference, I think is going to be really, really important for LSU. Uh, we're going to hit on these three very, very quickly. Uh, we have outfield, infield, and the pitching, which we'll say pitching for last because that's a little bit more in-depth. And I thought it was hilarious that Gavin Guidry was asked the question of, um, you know, who's really standing out? And he kind of laughed and he's like, a lot like like there's a lot <laughs> that's a good sign for LSU let's talk about it real quick because you've already kind of mentioned it infield versatility um they bring in Michael Braswell who I'm going to tell you right now you know Glenn whether this kid puts up numbers to be drafted in the first five rounds of the draft this is a good locker room guy I could tell that as soon as he stepped onto the podium how he conducted himself uh this is a guy who has played SCC ball and was on a you know really good South Carolina team last year and said, hey, I want a chance to be the everyday shortstop. He's going to get that uh, at LSU. And he's breaking in a new uh, double play partner, Josh Pearson. But your thoughts on this you know, versatility on the infield specifically and uh, just Josh Pearson. We know it's probably going to be Tommy White, Jared Jones, and you talked about a little bit of options that could help out. Uh, but with Braswell and uh, Pearson, it has a chance to be kind of a, maybe a new combination that LSU baseball fans can get used to. Yeah, I mean, look, the first couple of years Jay Johnson was here, it was Jordan Thompson that started every single game for him at shortstop. And, you know, when we talk with Jay these last couple of years, he spoke really highly of Jordan Thompson and just kind of uh, his his role in the program, what he meant to those first couple of years in Baton Rouge, kind of locking down that shortstop position. There were certainly some ebbs and flows with Jordan Thompson's career, uh, but but Jay Johnson thinks he was one of the most impactful players on, on this roster these last couple mm-hmm. of years. And so having to replace that, uh, you know, that that consistency and that uh, durability that he showed these last couple of years, uh, I think that that was a real, real uh, point that that Johnson wanted to really find in terms of just finding that next guy. And uh, very, very quickly, he settled in on Michael Braswell and. Uh, you know, the story goes that he called I mean, really from Omaha that is when he got Braswell on board right before they left for Omaha. They they brought him in on a visit. And uh, I think a day or two later, Braswell was committed to the Tigers as like yeah. their first uh, commit uh, out of the portal that year. So uh, obviously somebody that Jay Johnson looked at and scouted and thinks very highly of. Uh, and it sounds like he's made some real progress at the plate, which is where I think going back to his South Carolina days, he and he kind of talked about this as well, that he was not a very polished hitter uh, over there the last couple of years. He thinks he's made some really significant strides this last fall. And 
Uh, I'll be interested to see what he looks like early in the season at the plate. But defensively, really athletic. I think he's going to be able to really help you out uh, and be a really consistent uh, part for you uh, for LSU early in the season. So, uh, But locking down that chemistry with Josh Pearson, with Ben Napolt, with Steven Milam, those are guys that mm-hmm. I think you could see uh, all have opportunities throughout the 2024 season at second base. Uh, but I think it's going to start with Josh Pearson. I think he's uh, a veteran yeah. guy that has been uh, – look, going back to his true freshman year a couple of years ago, somebody that Jay Johnson has, has been really – uh, consistent and leaning on. Uh, he really likes the, 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 the just the, the discipline and the, the veterans approach that he has at the plate. Uh, the results weren't always there for Josh last year as he kind of tried to round into form early in the season. But I thought he took really good at bats. And towards the end of the season, you saw those really good at bats he took uh, kind of come to fruition in the postseason and certainly in Omaha when he had a really good uh, kind of couple-week stretch there to, to help LSU win that championship. So uh, I think he's a guy that, that has built up a lot of trust in the program, uh, somebody that can kind of take over that Gavin Dugas kind of I'm all about the team uh, motto. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of what I think of Josh in, in terms of just the guy that's going to be the next one of those big-time leaders. You know, if he's back next year, wouldn't be surprised if he's – is sporting the number eight uh, just because of how impactful he's been and how good of a leader he's been for this program. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things that I think about this position group that, that could make sense. And uh, I I think him kind of settling in as an everyday second baseman would be the ideal scenario for LSU to kind of round out that Braswell, Tommy White at third, Jared Jones at first base. That would be kind of the ideal infield that LSU would love to roll with for most of the year. We take a look at the outfield now where Paxton Kling might be – obviously we talk about Jake Brown and some other guys, but Paxton Kling, it's it's kind of his time. I mean, this is a guy who was in the opening day lineup last season, and maybe, Glenn, maybe we all kind of just said, oh, well, you know, we got a guy named Dylan Cruz on the roster, so why wouldn't Paxton Kling be any different? And I think that's unfair to Paxton Kling and probably any other player in the country, as we've really learned the Golden Spikes Award winner there in Dylan Cruz uh, is one of a kind. Your thoughts on Kling's future in center field and then what could be around him. Obviously, Jake Brown can be a big part of that. But this outfield has some maybe, I don't want to say inexperience, but it is kind of when you get to the amount of college games played. But, man, it can be uber talented out there and uh, roaming the outfield for LSU. Yeah, I mean, you're replacing your entire outfield from last year. I mean, Cruz is gone. Braden Jobert is gone. Um, and then you've moved Josh Pearson from left field to to second base. So, like, that's – all three of your spots in the outfield right now are yeah. going to be new players out there. And I think, you know, the one thing that I was struggling with on that uh, predict- prediction piece was kind of pegging out who's going to play what in the outfield. Like I, I eventually settled on Paxton Kling in center field just because I think that's the that's the ideal way that Jay Johnson would love for this season to go. Um, but I also could see a scenario where you go with a veteran like Mac Bingham in center field and you stick uh, Paxton in one of the corners, whether it's left or mm-hmm. right field. So, uh, and then obviously Jake Brown also fills you know, right or left field as well. So I think, you know, Jake Brown's going to be one of the corner outfielders. They did have him actually playing a little bit of center field last fall, but I, I don't know that that's going to stick. I think that they'd really like for, for Paxton Kling and for, or for Mac Bingham to really take uh, that center field spot. But uh, you know, those are three really good players. I mean, like Kling is, 
everything that we've heard and that he's made the strides this fall as at the plate to be a, a, a consistent source for you. And, you know, he's not going to be the 18 to 20 homer guy like Dylan Cruz was. I think he's going to be more of a hit for contact guy, a line drive guy that you're hoping uh, has a really high on base percentage. And once you get him on base, he's fast, man. I mean, he's one, probably one of the fastest guys on the team. It was just that last year was he hit a bit of a wall, a freshman wall in terms of like strikeouts and, you hope that he's kind of made those those strides as a player. So, um, you know, I think he has all the potential in the world to 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 be that kind of next defensive superstar for LSU in the outfield. It's just about how consistently is he able to make up for it at the plate. Um, and if he can be a 320, 330 kind of guy for you with low strikeouts and lots of hard hit balls, uh, Jay Johnson's going to take that 10 times out of 10. And I think, you know, Find that with what he can do and uh, with what Mac Bingham can do. I think Jeff Brown can be your kind of power guy in the outfield, the the the, the do-it-all utility guy that can not only make some really good plays for you, but also I think can be uh, a playmaker at the plate in terms of driving guys in and also hitting some home runs. He's got a he's got some sneaky power to him, even though he's a little bit he's tall, but he's kind of not and he's been he's built. I mean, he's tall and he's built. Yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of room there, I think, for Jake for 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 Jake Brown to have uh, a really really good freshman season. We'll just see if that wall comes. I mean, it, it usually comes for most players. We'll see when that is for Jake Brown, how long of a leash he has, uh, and who maybe some of those other options could be as LSU kind of rolls through their their non conference schedule. Yeah, uh, we're gonna pass on catcher, and it's not because we don't value it. It's because it's pretty much you feel like it is what it is. Hayden Javinsky has been phenomenal. Uh, if you haven't already caught the highlights video that we post over on our YouTube channel, uh, you can find it. Hit a ball in about a ten degree, ten miles per hour wind coming at him, uh, and just about seven, eight rows up in left field, and, and it's just a testament to what this kid is. Uh, then you get Brady Neal back healthy. Uh, we all saw the potential that he had last year, and then Alex Malaza, who is probably one of the best locker room guys in the country, uh, plus is, is a pretty solid catcher uh, in his own right. All right, so that's catcher. We move to pitching now where, Glenn, I, I know that um, old Bill there just sent out the press release. Uh, Tommy White and Luke Holman have been named to the 2024 D1 Baseball preseason All-American team. So as we talk pitching here, I, I venture to say this team's going to have to lean on it early uh, for a couple reasons. There's a lot of you know questions and stuff that still needs to be filled out in the lineup. But also, too, if, if you've watched baseball for any point of time, whether it's the major leagues, minor leagues, or college, pitching is always ahead of hitting early in the season. It's just, it's just how it is. These guys are ramping up, uh, hitting. You, you can only get so many at-bats during these scrimmages. And really and truly, live ABs are what is your bread and butter. That being said, if you're going to have a year where you, you know, the pitching is going to have to carry you early on, you would love to have LSU's pitching staff. A lot of options that Gavin Gidry joked about. Luke Holman, uh, obviously going to be a big piece of this, but maybe some other names that you're just kind of excited to see what they can do, uh, whether it's a midweek game or a weekend game here uh, as they ramp up for SEC play. Yeah, there's just so much depth here. And then we'd spent 20 minutes talking about the positions players because I think those are, that's probably the most exciting thing for for this team just because it's kind of the most unknown i think this pitching staff's going to be lights out i mean they might they might not have the generational paul Skeens kind of talent on this roster but they have a lot of very very good college arms and guys that you could see drafted pretty highly uh, over the next couple of years whether it's next season or, or the season after but i think you're 
weekend rotation is going to start some combination of Thatcher Hurd, Luke Holman, Gage Jump. Uh, those three really have seemed to kind of separate from the pack in terms of starters uh, for the weekend. Uh, I think midweek starters, you're looking at uh, Nate Ackenhausen and Griffin Herring, uh, two guys that are returning from last year's championship team. Both had huge moments in Omaha, uh, have built up a lot of trust with Jay Johnson, and uh, mm-hmm. have seemed to, seemed to take some really good strides, too, in year two uh, with the program. So I think those those kind of five are maybe the ones that you settle in on when you think about starters, uh, you know, kind of deep, you know, middle innings, middle relief kind of players. Uh, you know, I think you're you're looking at Cam Johnson, you're looking at Justin Lower, you're looking at uh, you know a couple of these uh, you know young freshmen. Maybe a Kate Anderson sneaks in there. Yeah. Uh, there there's there's a lot of different options that I think they have uh, with this uh, with this uh, roster. Um, but you know, I I do think that you know this the strength of this team is going to be the depth and the the versatility that they have with their arms. Because like I mentioned, they have eight or nine guys that I think are lefties that could really help out. I mean, I didn't even mention uh, DJ Primo, who was a guy that we talked with players about, with Jay Johnson about this last week. And like three or four different players said that he's got the nastiest pitch on staff, which is his slider. Uh, He throws 97 from the left side, but he's also got a slider that he makes in with that as well. Uh, So like there's – and he's a guy that was a red shirt last year, didn't even pitch. And he was one of the players that Jay Johnson told me this year that, you know, he's going to be, you're going to look at him and you're going to watch him pitch. And you're going to be like, how is this guy not a part of your staff last year? And uh, you, know, you can throw Aiden Moffitt, the other red shirt yeah. freshman who uh, or sophomore, because he had one or two opportunities early in his year last year, but uh, somebody who throws upwards of a hundred miles an hour from the right side, I think you could certainly see the development of him just kind of trying to get that fastball under control. Uh, I think he's somebody that's really going to help you out. But uh, Justin Lower for me is going to be kind of that that guy in terms of like relief pitching. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just I think that they're going to go to him a lot at the end of games. Uh, you're going to see him. You're going to see Cade Woods. You're going to see. Yeah, we'll see if maybe uh, Jaden Newt, who was injured for most of last year, if he could Mm -hmm. sometime uh, this year get himself available. Uh, I wouldn't guess that Chase Shores is able to do that, but you know maybe he makes a surprising comeback last year, like Javen Coleman. Uh, Speaking of Coleman, you still got him. You still got some some pieces from last year's team that are that are back and on the roster. So uh, you know Christian Little is a guy that I think has made some strides. Uh, in the fall and they, they really excited about him as well. So uh, there's just a, there's an open well of options for LSU to run with this year from the pitching side. And I'm uh, going to be very interested to see how it all shakes out. But, you know, I think that those three starters, Holman, Hurd, Gage Jump, those should get you through uh, some really, really some, some good times and some bad times. Like I think that this yeah. is a staff that will be able to, when you're struggling at the plate, struggling on offense, that should be able to help, kind of keep you in games where maybe you, you, you need some extra time to kind of get back into it. And uh, I think that the staff is very, very capable of that. If you're not watching, uh, you didn't see me smirk a little bit when Glenn was going through this. If you're So if you're listening to the podcast, uh, it's almost equivalent to what Glenn just did. Is like when you get that super long receipt and it just keeps going and going with all like the ads and the deals. And that's essentially what we just kind of read off. I was yeah, scrolling yeah. through the roster <laughs> looking at names and I was like, oh my God, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. <laughs> I mean, there's there's just so many guys that I think LSU could use from the staff 
perspective. And that's just yeah such a good position to be in because people remember two years ago when it was just not the case and they just didn't have the yeah. arms to hold up for, you know, an entire season and postseason. So uh, mm-hmm. that, that's a really good advantageous position for LSU in this year. Yeah. Uh, Sunday got the chance to watch uh, uh, Micah Bucknam, which he showed some pretty good stuff. He did give the homer to Travinsky and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see, um, you know, I don't even know how to pronounce the young man's name, but Fidel, Aloya, Aloha, Aloha, um has some nasty stuff too. I, I just think that this is going to be a spot where you're going to have some super competitive competition to get midweek innings. Like like midweek innings are going to be valued even higher for this pitching staff to get that work in uh, potentially. I think that's going to be something kind of fun to watch. And that's all I got to say on pitching because, like you said, you, you man, you, you did a great job covering. But I, th- I think that midweek <laughs> midweek innings are going to be a premium uh, if you're a pitcher on the staff because you want to get that two to three innings of work and showcase what you could do. So it's exciting stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm out of breath after rattling off all those names. So I think we should wrap this one up. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been a it's going to be a fun season. I think a lot of people are looking forward to it. I think I'm looking forward to it. Maybe for a different reason this year, just because I think that there, uh, this is really the first year that we get to see a, a fully Jay Johnson constructed team. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, look, he did amazing things with the guys that he inherited from from the Maneri era early on. But yeah. I think this is going to be a good test, you know, just to kind of see what the future of the program looks like, and that's exciting for me. And I know a lot of LSU fans as well. Yeah, Glenn, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago. You said uh, I don't think you'd ever heard of the key debts of, of VMI of the Virginia Military Institute. Um, I don't know why. It's just some. I, I know why. I know what that is. Uh, but you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, Hey, I don't care who it is. It's a different Jersey and they're going to be playing inside Alex box. And we're ready for February 16th to be here. He's Glenn West. My name is Bryce Coon, college baseball right around the corner. And, uh, you're defending national champions. Although the fans can keep saying it, this team is not looking into that. They're looking at, uh, they're going to continue to attack. And that was a different team last year that won it. This is a brand new ball club and we can't wait to see him take the field here in 2024. We'll catch you next time here on the go 24 seven podcast.